On today's Insights, we help you prepare your marketing for Q4. The new iOS update is set to limit and potentially block Facebook ads, and we share three ways to improve conversion rates on your job board. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Right now, we're talking to lots of staffing firms that want to do more marketing, but money is tight. That's why we created three new low-cost marketing services to help you sell more. First, there's Haley Mail Lead Gen, a three-month content and direct marketing campaign to show employers how to reopen for business and better use staffing services. Second, there's Talent On Demand. This service positions your company as an ideal partner for last-minute needs and helps you better cross-sell all the kinds of positions you can fill. Finally, we're offering our Digital Sales Toolkit that combines video email, web content, email marketing, and more to make your outbound sales efforts easier and more productive. To learn more about any of these services, you can give us a call at 888-696-2900 or visit haleymarketing.com slash COVID recovery. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your digital and recruitment marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're great, Brad. We are, we're wrapping up the month of August. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared the number one thing I hate about the month of August. Please. Is sunset just gets so early. And it's, it does. it's a physical reminder of the end of summer. And as we live a little bit farther in the north, our sunsets and sun rise times vary much more than if you're closer to the equator. So for, for people in the South, they may not realize it, but we'll lose two, three minutes of sunset of sunlight a day. And it's, it's a harsh reality that hopefully we enjoyed the summer, you know, fall is coming, which a lot of people say fall is elite. And we just got to take advantage of these last few warm months here in the, uh, in the Northern part of the United States. Yeah, Matt and I, we tried to get a round of golf in after work the other day. And Matt, what? It was probably getting dark by hole 13, right around there? It was. It was a cloudy day, which didn't help. But we got it in. We had a fun time. And now it's time to, to share some insights. I think, we did have Fred a fun time. To add. We, we did have a fun time. I played like absolute trash. We did have one birdie. So I feel great about that. That gives me enough reason to come back and play again. But aside from that, Matt, I was absolute garbage. All right, man. Oh. Let's get to the show. Let's go. How can you prepare your marketing for Q4 of 2020? Matt, it's been an incredibly long year. When we think about marketing initiatives, it feels like everything is changing by the month, by the week. What you're rolling out one month isn't necessarily the same message that you're rolling out the next month. We've gone from record low unemployment to record high unemployment. We've gone from the industry being oversaturated with job orders and not enough candidates to now having more candidates than we know what to do with and still not being able to place them because of unemployment checks and because of other barriers. So Matt, when we think about preparing marketing for Q4, as we enter September, it's a really great opportunity and a good time to start thinking through what that quarter might look like. You know, Matt, when you look at the recruitment marketing landscape, what should staffing and recruiting firms be looking at 
as we enter Q4 of 2020? It's a, it's a real challenge. It, it almost feels like you need a couple of plans because of the incredible uncertainty. Companies still have business goals, which is what we always talk about shaping your marketing around. So what you're trying to accomplish on the recruiting side with this question, or if it's on the sales side, but your strategies or your tactics might have to pivot and change really quickly. Like if we look back to quarter one in March, like nobody really knew this was coming. So it was hard to pivot very quickly. But just thinking through this with quarter four, we have students going back to school, you know, colder weather, there's uncertainty if the virus will spike back up with the flu or if it'll go back or if it won't spike up because in the Southern Hemisphere, nobody went outside, so the flu didn't spread. So just me rambling there for 15 seconds with about four different possibilities means we don't know what's going to happen. So you need to have a couple different plans, maybe for a current climate, a climate where the market you know, shuts down a little bit more, or maybe where people start feeling more comfortable going back to work. So three different ways. And that's a challenge because that's a lot of extra work, unfortunately. I could run with that. If you're thinking through marketing, I think one of the best things that you can do is always understand that regardless of how much you plan and how much you prepare, something can and always will go wrong and you need to have a plan B. You know, yes, you can have the best content strategy. You can have the best social media strategy. You can have a robust email marketing strategy that talks about two or three points and has a two or three point uh, uh, step in process. But you always need to have that plan B and you need to know, okay, if X happens, what are we going to do? Like we can absolutely plan for whether or not America reopens, right? So if America is about to reopen and businesses are going to start opening their doors, well then direct mail makes perfect sense. You know, sending a physical mail to an office makes total sense if people are in the building. Now, Matt, to your point, if flu season brings a higher spike in whatever, right? Mm -hmm in businesses shut down, well then a direct mail campaign isn't going to make a whole lot of sense if no one's at the office to receive that mail. So you can absolutely have the best of intentions and the best plans, but you need to have a plan B and have a fallback as Matt alluded to. I mean, to give a little guidance here though, it's, you know, where's your audience spending time, right? Sure. One of the tried and true principles or insights we have on this show. So they're probably spending time online or on social media or in their email so you probably can have a lot of those strategies and tactics in place. You know, I think for Brad's point, the direct mail one is a very good one that would have to pivot. But if you're focusing on the digital or the content, you know, the digital side, excuse me, you know, think about those different tactics and maybe just your message has to pivot a little bit. You know, the, the actual content in October or November, December that you're planning now, maybe something changes. You have to, you have to adjust your message you know, in the November, December months, just because of the uncertainty, we don't know. So your best laid plans now just might not work. Yeah. And I'm with you. I feel like we kind of skirted around the question there a little bit, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, if we have to think through what you can do in Q4, you can always bring it back to your brand and making sure you have a positive reputation. You could be making sure that your website is updated and current. If you have a website from 2013, Maybe Q4 is a good time to evaluate that. Maybe it's a good opportunity to think through, okay, what is the actual design element of my website look like? Are we funneling traffic the right way? Are we converting applicants or prospects the right way? 
we can look through our online reputation. What does your Google review say about you right now? What does Facebook or Indeed say about you right now? And if it's low, how can you fix that? How can you make sure that if a candidate or a prospect is looking for help, is looking for service, they know to come to you instead of your local competition? So there are certainly things in Q4 that you can do regardless of the economic climate. And even on the positive side, we have a little bit more of a playbook than we did the first time sure. we had a wave across the country. You know, I'm focused on the negative here, but you know, people are more accepting to video calls or those different tactics, or even maybe something I was thinking about, you know, we talked about internally at Haley Marketing, having a little bit more flexibility in work hours. Maybe a competitive advantage is taking a call at seven or eight o'clock at night, because from 10 a.m. to noon, you're at home working with your kids, helping them with school. So maybe, you know, a lot of people are in the same boat. Not everyone is, but think about how schedules can adjust to not marrying yourself to that, you know, 8.30 to 5 time frame. If you have that flexibility, if your company gives you that flexibility, especially with internal employees, think about how you can use that to an advantage to where, okay, we're going to just have to change our mindset and think about how you can leverage that with your marketing to reach more prospects at different times because a lot of things are out the window right now. So Matt, to get us out of this one, as you prepare your marketing for Q4, think through all of the possibilities. Think through a plan A and think through a plan B. Think through your overall goals and your overall objectives for the year. Are you on pace to hit your 2020 goals? If not, what can you do in Q4 to push you a little bit closer? If you're way off, as you might be because of COVID-19, let's start thinking about those Q1 of 2021 goals. What can you do in Q4 to get yourself prepared for next year? Start thinking through what that might look like. And always, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can reach out to Haley Marketing and, and shoot us an email at info at HaleyMarketing.com. And one of our marketing educators would be happy to chat with you about your overall goals and objectives for the remainder of the year and how we might be able to assist. Matt, the new iOS update is set to limit and potentially block Facebook ads. I was reading an article from Social Media Today just this morning as we're recording this episode on Friday the 28th. And Matt, I want to share a quote from the article here that was listed from Facebook. So Facebook said in a recent blog article, for developers and publishers using Audience Network, our ability to deliver targeted ads on iOS 14 will be limited. As a result, some iOS 14 users may not see any ads from Audience Network while others may still see ads from us, but they'll be less relevant. Because of advertisers' reduced ability to accurately target and measure their campaigns, app developers and publishers should expect lower CPMs on audience network and likely other ad networks on iOS. Matt, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> what the heck does that mean? Leaves it to apparently the tech guy of the podcast to explain. <laughs> what it I just read the quotes. Is... Facebook advertising has a number of different placements. So when you use your Facebook app, there's the news feed, right? The ads that show up in your feed. Different ads could show up if you're on a mobile device versus a desktop device. There's ads in Facebook Messenger, in the inbox. There's ads on Instagram because Facebook bought Instagram. So that's the same story. Sure. What this blog post and announcement from Facebook is dealing with is what's called its audience network. 
the Facebook audience network is are all of its partner websites. So Facebook partners with these websites to purchase advertising and to drive traffic. So there's more physical real estate for advertisements to show up because if Facebook limited itself to only the properties it owns, that'd be a very limited inventory. It expands its inventory by going to this audience network. So like, you know, you could have your staffing agencies ads, you know, eligible to show up on the Facebook audience network. It could show up on, you know, totally random websites out there that aren't a Facebook affiliated. It could be like Forbes or Inc or local newspaper sites, et cetera. The post that Brad talked about with the Facebook audience network is you could always opt out of this with your Facebook profile, with your devices. It just wasn't as easy. In iOS 14, your appears you're going to go into the settings or something on your, your iOS device to opt out of that, to remove that targeting or whatever Facebook uses to make those advertisements show up to you or more applicable. Yeah, Matt. So we'll put a link to the article in the show notes here, but essentially in the settings, just like you're describing, there's going to be an update to Apple's identifier for advertisers. And in the settings, you'll be able to allow tracking or not allow certain apps to track you. So as you're going to, um, let's say a, a site like, you know, the Buffalo Bills website, right, Matt, you go over to Buffalo Bills and then you start to see related ads because you've been to that site. You know, my understanding here is that those identifiers, whatever might identify you as a potential buyer of um, football merchandise, you would have the opportunity to shut that off on iOS 14 very easily. It's, it's the challenge with Facebook here is, you know, they might just not have as much data, which is a huge separate issue that we're not going to touch. But a lot of, you know, these online advertisers collect data and use that to better serve you ads. And it's always been available to opt out. So now iOS is making it easier. One of the questions is, will people actually opt out and go right. into iOS 14? Unknown. We don't know what will happen there. It's also, you know, Facebook has a number of different advertising placements, like I talked about in the beginning of this segment. So it's not all is lost to say run away from Facebook because there could be fewer people to advertise on. The other aspect of it is this is only on iOS 14 devices. And a lot of people have iPhones or iPads. But if you're on, you know, your computer or your laptop and, you know, a desktop those ads could probably still be showing up to you. You know, there's more coming with Google and Chrome and pixels and cookies, which we won't talk about here, but sticking to the topic here, it's not something where I'd be like, Oh, Facebook is in enormous trouble. It could be, we don't know, but on the surface, we should probably let it play out. You know, don't buy into maybe some sensationalistic headlines that say Facebook advertising is going to die because of iOS 14, but it's important to know what's happening and really to sum it up, iOS 14 is making it easier for people to not be tracked as much by the Facebook advertising network and some other options. I think it ties right into segment one is having a plan. You don't want to put all of your chips into one basket. You don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket rather is, is how that saying goes, right? But you don't want to have all of your Facebook spend into one avenue. You want to have some diversity diversification there. You want to make sure that you're doing multiple things through the Facebook ad network. You want to make sure that you're deploying different tactics so that if something like this happens, 
you really skate by unharmed. You know, you want to make sure that you're not just doing one thing. And, and to Matt's point, yeah, you've always been able to do this. iOS 14 is just making it a little easier for everyone. Um, as we look at more privacy concerns in 2021, it's something just to be mindful of. Diversification is key. Like it's this very delicate balance of is Facebook's working really well for you? Yeah, you want to squeeze as much out of it as possible. But if it goes away tomorrow, do you have that diversification plan in place right now? Or how quickly can you adjust or pivot your plan to make sure your business doesn't dry up with leads or candidate information quickly so you can keep that pipeline filled up and moving forward? So as Brad kind of said, like I've said it before, don't build your house on rented land. But if it's working really well, you know, find that delicate balance and make sure, you know, like a financial portfolio, diversification, diversification works really well. Matt, let's talk about job boards and specifically how we can improve conversion rates on job boards. We look at a ton of data from throughout the staffing and recruiting industry. You look at a heck of a lot more than I do. And if we think through how we can get better candidates to apply, how we can get candidates to apply at a higher frequency, you know, you're the guy to talk to. Um, so Matt, I'm going to pass it to you. We said we'd talk about three ways to improve your conversion rates. Why don't you hit us with the first one? Yeah, the first one I'm really thinking about is making sure to reduce friction as much as possible in your application process. It's And the reason we're talking about this is literally, you know, the week we're taping this show, I heard from, I heard personally from three candidates or three companies that are struggling, capital letters, struggling to fill low paying jobs, you know, 10, 11, $12 an hour jobs. And that's where this segment really come from, came from. So we need some ways to help companies or just have tactics in place to you know, hopefully get more of those candidates. And the first place I always look at is your application. Correct. If it's a challenge for someone to apply, they're going to get frustrated and not want to apply. So really reducing that friction to make sure it's easy on desktop, to make sure it's easy on mobile, and to really think about in the beginning, how much information do you actually need to get from that candidate? Is it just name, email, phone number? Is that all you need for your recruiters to follow up? You know, really think about that. If there's another piece or two of information, that's probably okay. So make sure that friction is as low as possible. That's the Amazon effect, right? I know we've talked about that on Insights before. We could put a link to that episode in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that episode. But Matt, if you purchase something on Amazon right now, you, you click the item, you swipe, and just like that, it's purchased. You know, you could have a book or you can have a new pair of shoes here by tomorrow by making a purchase within five seconds. You showed me something last night. You sent me a message of Google with having an option to purchase, not purchase, but put something into your cart through your email. You didn't have to leave your email, your email client. I did. It looks like Gmail has been testing this for a while. It just popped up on my radar though. Um, they were selling a pair of headphones. Uh, there, apparently there's new Google sort of like AirPods, but mm -hmm. Google's creating them. Um, I don't know exactly what the product is, but their new ad for those via email, you could select the color of the headphone directly in your email. You could click buy, a cart would open in your email. You could select the quantity and purchase without even leaving your email. You know, Matt, how amazing would it be if you could apply to a job directly in your inbox, right? So if you could say, hey, we're hiring at $15 an hour, here's the three locations, pick the one you want, apply to it, 
and you never even have to leave your email. I mean, that's futuristic thinking, in my opinion. That is next level thinking, but it reduces friction. I, the candidate, don't want to go through a huge application process if I don't feel like it, right? Maybe I don't have a computer. Maybe, candidly, I just don't feel like doing it. And if I can apply to a job directly in my email, reduce friction with a couple taps, I'm all in on that. Matt, I think if we want to improve conversion rates, the second thing we need to do, include a salary. We see it time after time that there is a huge drop-off on job listings that don't include salary. If you're not including the rate that someone will make for a specific role, you are drastically missing out on potential candidates. And I cannot understate that. Another perfect example of it is even when you display salary, we had this example in our consulting class at Haley Marketing You know, last week. Uh, there's a client who's you know, challenged to really fill their open jobs. I think they had four or five assembly jobs on their job board. The job that received the most applications was the one that paid $15 an hour, not the ones that paid $12 or $11 an hour. So building off of Brad's point, salary is important. It will get more people to apply. But then it also, you know, if it's a salary rate that people aren't going to want to make for that job, they won't apply for it, which is probably the counter to Brad's argument. So it it really, he's correct. You're 100% correct. Salary needs to be on that job. The challenge then is to go back to your clients and bring a wage analysis and show them and say, hey, we have this job that pays this much. It received this many applications. We have Jobs that pay this much, it received a much drastically lower amount of applications. Salary is the number one thing people want to see. I cannot wait to turn you saying you are 100% correct into a GIF and just post (laughs) that anytime you upset me. (laughs) Matt, give us our third one. I think the third one is to really focus on your star ratings. And the reason I think that's important is unemployment is high. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people are looking for jobs right now because of the federal unemployment bonus, the childcare problem, and the safety problem. So if there's a lower amount of candidates available, you want to get the best ones. One of the pieces of information that we use to make any decision, job search, consumer, whatever decision it is, are star ratings, especially the younger demographics of, you know, millennials or even Gen Z. And it's really important to look at that. And if you have a four-star rating, promote that. Show that in the beginning of your job posting. Somehow get that onto your job posting. Share that you have 100 people saying you are a four-star or better because the top talent is going to choose from the best jobs, the best companies to work for. And that's one piece, one data point they use to make that decision. And if you're a 4.2 and your competitor is a 3.2, that's a feather in your cap. So star ratings, I think, are vitally important. Matt, I'm going to throw in a bonus tip here. If you want to improve the conversion rates of your job listings, look at the jobs that are getting the most applications and compare those to the ones that are not. Look through your own data and observe what's working for your job listings that are generating a lot of applications and cross-reference that with the job listings that are not. And think through, okay, if I'm doing X and I can expect 100 applications and I'm doing Y and I can expect 10, well, then you have your own data and you have your own insight into how to improve your own job listing. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. 
have a question for us, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.